not going to fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. I hate to float. Standing in front of a boy. Such a great audience. Come on, y'all talkers up in here. It's time to keep it down right now. Avengers! I am not what you want to eat. Ready? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Mella, here with... Josh. Lacey. And Rashawn. What up? What it do? What's hey, up? Yeah. What y'all been up to? Not a lot. Lacey and I finally have stuff to watch again. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. The third full season of Killing Eve finally dropped on Hulu. Noise, noise. Rashawn, you're not watching that? Not yet. The second season... Bummed you out, right? A little bit. The first episode of season three is... A bummer. Killing Eve style. Like, yeah. Oh. But also, got to watch a Bill Murray movie. A new one. Which one? The Apple TV movie On the Rocks with Rashida, Rashida. Jones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sophia it's Cop- Coppola. It's Coppola, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Sophia Coppola. It is sweet. It's a, it's a nice little slice of cake. I'm going to put that on my list. I thought I don't know why I thought it was a show or like a little mini series. This oh. this household watches a movie if Bill Murray is in it regardless. So I also I listened to your guys' episode of I Drink Your Podcast. Um mm. and loved it, but Mella, you recommended the 40-year-old version. Yeah. on it. And I watched it, and I loved so it. So good, right? It's so good. It's on Netflix. Vershawn, I think you said it just knows what it is and what mm-hmm. it wanted to be. It's so confident and beautifully written, beautifully performed. I loved every second of it. Do you yeah. feel like you want to rap now? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Except no, please, please no. I no, 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 no. Give us a few drop bars a beat. right now. Drop Here we a go. beat, dude. <laughs> well, I also recommended uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. I'm at a. Did you catch that or? Um... I, yeah. I I, ha- no. I I haven't gotten we to know. it yet. That's all. Yeah. Hmm. What are you guys watching? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching. Queen's Gambit, and I think it's so fucking good. And do you I'm, play chess? I don't. I'm a queen, but I don't play chess. No. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how to play chess? I used to play chess as a kid. Me and my brother okay. would always play chess. So watching it, I don't think you need to know anything about chess. I think if you do, it would be cool. Like, there's not a lot of movies on chess. What the um, yeah. Bobby Fisher, I guess. That's yeah. it. Um, Queen of <laughs> Yes. But yeah. it's just the cinematography and like the style of it. And Anya Taylor-Joy is just... She's mwah, great. So good for her not having like a lot of dialogue. She's just mesmerizing to watch. So I recommend. What about you, Rashaudi? What are you watching? I'm back on my Top Chef bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he said it's holiday time. It's holiday time. Bring out my knives. <laughs> Me and Padma going in. I started Top Chef season one. I had never seen an episode at the beginning of quarantine uh, three years ago. And <laughs> I am now on season 12. Yo. 
Yeah. Um, is Top Chef the one where they get a basket of ingredients and they have to work with? That's chopped. Shit. Yeah, Come on, chopped. Josh. I Come look. On. Get if your reality cooking shows. In if line. it's not nailed it, I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like nailed it. It speaks my language, you know, and. I love Padma. I, lo- I usually love all the chefs. And I, you go on a journey with them. Damn. Now I'm invested. Is it like, <laughs> do you follow the same chefs for a season or is it one, yeah. Is it different every episode? Oh, shit. So it's, six, it's a like, group of 16 chefs. In oh, it's like Survivor, but with chefs. There's a mini competition. You can win immunity. They call it a quick fire challenge. And then your elimination challenge. And then each week a chef goes home. Please I pack like your that. knives and go. It's so good. And I, I totally reap the benefits because he starts getting his, his little cooking bag. I'm all, ooh, what's for dinner, bitch? And he's like, this is Cheeto dust wrapped in a souffle omelet. Like some shit. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to eat it anyway. Avocado puree with a Pop-Tart crumble. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great. Tastes like shit. <laughs> all right, guys. What are we fighting about today? Mella. What? I watched for the first time ever. Oh. Ever? <laughs> ever. Here we oh go. my goodness. Okay. Never been kissed. Yeah. Don't you want to show them that the cool kids don't freak you out anymore? That you can go in there and you can be friends with them and you can get your story? Yes, desperately. Plus, if you quit now, then you're no better than me. Better than I. That's a spirit. So let's hear it. Come on. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. That's it. Now scream it. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. <laughs> Never been kissed. <laughs> is about Josie Geller, played by Drew Barrymore. She is a junior copywriter at the Chicago Sun-Times, and she poses as a student at her former high school to research teenage culture. (laughs) In Never Been Kissed, we have a cast of Drew Barrymore. We have David Arquette, Rashawn. We got a little scream reunion going on for you. We got Michael Varton, who plays Sam, the very hot Shakespearean teacher. Um, Easy. Finish the summary. Oh, sorry. I just want to jump right in. (laughs) We have Molly Shannon, who I love. Uh, Yes. Flawless. So we're going to put some respect on her name. You're missing someone. And John C. Riley. My man. There we go. What about... um, Academy Award winner, Octavia Spencer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ma herself. Ma. (laughs) (laughs) For the... You you make it sound like she won an Academy Award for Ma. For Ma. She should have. Recount. Um, Rashawn, this is not about that movie. You want that movie, you bring it on the podcast. Don't make we me drink did. alone. I, I dare you to bring alone. Ma. I have never seen Challenge it. accepted. <gasps> I you wanna... have it, Mel? Oh, no. I want to oh. see it so bad. Let's talk about Never Been Kissed. So Josh, Let's this is talk your, about it. This is your first time watching it. I love that I keep bringing movies that you have never seen before. And movies that he would never watch if I was like, "Can we watch this?" He would be exactly. like, oh, "Sure." And then he I would, would not even watch say it. sure. No, I would even would. say sure. I was sure. trying to give you credit and be nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's okay. I'm doing this for Lacey, honestly. Aww. But a lot of times when I say, "Oh yeah, I've never seen that." You sound shocked. Are you shocked that I've never seen 1999's Never <laughs> yes. Been Kissed? Yes, because it's a movie that I feel like 
is on syndication like every fucking day. Oh, this is a TBS movie. Yeah, so it's sure. just like even yeah. if you weren't like willingly watching it, maybe it was on TV. I and have like, more channels than TBS. <laughs> what does that feel like? <laughs> <laughs> also, you have a sister, so I feel like she would be like, "We gonna watch this," and you have. Nah, we don't share interests. Oh, well. <laughs> Shout, Sorry, shouts sis. out to Jess. Sorry, Jess. Damn. <laughs> and it's a different watch being a grown up versus being nine years old when you first watch this and you're just like, oh my God, this is so romantic. Yeah. W- like when you know laws. <laughs> oh my God. Here we go. We're getting bring, into bring it. Bring it on. Bring it on. Get into uh, it. Do we want to open with that? Cause no, it's... no, no. I'm going to jump in. Time. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say I remember loving this movie growing up. I loved Mm -hmm. this movie. I loved the like ugly duckling turning into the beautiful swan metaphor in it. Watching it now was a slightly less exciting experience for me as an adult. Not just with the student teacher falling in love story but it's okay because she's actually 30 it's it's okay um 20 whatever 25 Um, that's a big difference (laughs) (laughs) that's the grandpa roast him damn Uh, i thought we were gonna be good this episode you thought wrong (laughs) noted no 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 but it's not only that relationship but it's the idea of like I don't know. There's something that just didn't work for me this watch through of like how personally offended she got by these 16 and 17 year olds. Mm. Like, I'm, I don't know. There's parts of it that I understand and parts of it that I don't. I think even not like just saying in the 90s, I think like even now, like if we were to go back in high school, kids are so much cooler than us at the moment. 100 percent so it's like us we're already yourself whatever josh (laughs) so we're already feeling like damn i have to like be in this disguise i have to be cool and i wasn't cool when i was their age and then you have these kids that are like ew you don't know what this means who the hell are you like you're already just not cool so there's like so many layers to it that I feel like that's why she got so she was so emotional about it because she wasn't cool in high school and then she tries again and she's still not cool. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing I think the movie does really well is that it weaves in those flashbacks, mm-hmm. so you get you get why she's so traumatized because what happened to her is fucked. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah, the prom it's thing is awful. fucking horrific. So I th- I think she has she hasn't really shaken what happened to her. Which is why she's trying so hard and, and she fails so badly. <laughs> but she really wants the approval of these 17-year-old kids as a 25-year-old. So I, I I thought that was really well done. Us at 30 going back to school now, we'd be like, oh, fuck them kids. But like at 25, <laughs> you're not too far like grown, I guess. You know, like you've had experiences that they haven't had yet, but you're still on that like I'm discovering who I am type of thing. And clearly, she's still really the same person. She's like knitting with her cat. (laughs) You know? like Her bed of pillows. Yes. When she wasn't undercover, she dressed totally normally for the time period. She wasn't in like a muumuu in a long denim dress. 
So when she's going back to high school, what motivates her to suddenly dress like it's the 80s? <laughs> well, I think it was Anita. Molly and have that fucking atrocious haircut. It's so bad. <laughs> it, what is that? It gets I, better. Barely. barely. And where did her eyebrows go? She bleached them. Yeah. It yeah, was and a she and she like caked on makeup that was like two shades too light, so she looked like she would just like thawed out of a, a polar ice cap. <laughs> well, I think she's she lets Anita, who had who is another older adult that has a view of what kids. That's Molly like. Shannon, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think she looks so out of places because she's she didn't get like an in. She didn't find a student and and get them to help her. She had an adult dress her for how they were dressing in high school. Because I was gonna say because even though you're saying she dresses normal when she's out of disguise or whatever, she still dresses super frumpy. Like she has suppose, a yeah. frumpy hairdo. She wears like oversized suits. Like I mean, she says it in the beginning, like you couldn't pick me out of a crowd. So it's like mm-hmm. she has no idea what style is at all whether it's for her at 25 or even to dress like a 17 year old almost every side character has a confusing or non-existent motivation <laughs> like take anita what is this her over sexuality have to do with anything what is it just a redemption arc so when she ends up with john c Riley's character that i don't and why like why did i are we what happened to David Arquette's character? Why did he quit when he loves baseball so much and is apparently so good? Why did he? Why did he stop? I don't remember. And also the 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 owner of the newspaper, the walking exposition scenes. <laughs> Josh, what, you were just being extra Josh right now. No, I, the whole movie. I just if if Drew Barrymore wasn't on screen, honestly, I just said what? Mm-hmm. Like Drew Barrymore. I hope they gave her a chiropractic stipend for this movie because she carried it on her back. (laughs) She's the star, Josh. She produced it. Uh, Yeah. Look, David Arquette is great. And even he was like, what the fuck? And John C. Riley and Molly Shannon. But they were like, they're one line. the cast. No. (laughs) That's what I mean is their lines were fine, but they're, they're... for a movie about a newspaper editor, the screenplay needed to be edited. Molly Shannon is super oversexed to highlight how virginal Josie is. Okay, I'll give you that. They are the yin and the yang of that on that spectrum. You know what okay. I mean? So I'll concede it, that she's sticking pencils in her mouth. What? <laughs> what? So great. Josie's just like, what are you doing? Like she's never been kissed. Okay, I'll concede that. So again, David Arquette's character, the brother. Why did he quit baseball? I, did he get he injured? He got pneumonia, right? Oh yeah, he got he got sick. Yeah. Okay. So he missed his shot. So he gets you, one. Up baseball again. teams have tryouts in college. Hello. He didn't go to college. He didn't go to college. He could have. So wacky motivated. But he's motivated enough to go back to high school and pretend to be 17 and maybe get arrested for... Because he wants to be cool. He's going back to where he peaked. Yeah. Everyone loved him in high school. And he tells her, he's like, it doesn't matter. As long as one person thinks you're cool, that's all you need. And he remembers that feeling because she's like, yeah, everyone loved you. You were super cool. I never had that. And all of that kind of prompts him to be like, yeah, you're right. And so he goes back and enrolls because 
that's where he was king. You know what I mean? He needs redemption. One moment that made me so mad, I had to rewind it to make sure Lacey saw it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's what? when he's you're getting a Rob, the, the brother montage, and how he's taking the school by storm, mm-hmm. and how the baseball team is getting better. And another 30-year-old actor turns to him and goes, Hey, man, thank <laughs> Thanks for the help, uh, for the tip on my grip or whatever. <laughs> and the guy talking about how the brother helped his uh, bat grip, his swing, he is choked so far up the handle. He is, his right hand is like off the grip. On the baseball bat. On the baseball bat. Hello? Can, can anyone, is anyone listening to me? <laughs> yes, if any of you, if any, If any listeners know baseball, you'll be as outraged as I am. No, that's not how you hold a baseball bat. That's not a grip adjustment. It's terrible. He's holding it like a tennis racket. I, I didn't notice this, but I also don't know baseball, so. Yeah, I didn't notice It either. made me so mad because it's such an easy thing. Maybe they figured not a lot of people who watch baseball will be watching Never Been Kissed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, three out of four in this chat right here, so I guess they're right. <laughs> um, excuse me, I played softball for nine years. You can go fuck yourself. Did you see the? But did you didn't see the grip though? I had to pull it back for you. I was enjoying the movie. The I wasn't. <laughs> Apparently. So you just straight up didn't have a good time. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I will. This is what I was trying to say at the beginning like she gets so personally offended by all of these 17 year olds but I think the biggest problem I'm having with it is the morality of the situation that they're putting these high school students in and the circumstances that they're going through it's their prom and this 25 year old wins prom queen over any of the actual students who go there. The the manipulation of Rob dating the 16-year-old. They're still kids, and you're still a 25-year-old. You're still the adult in this situation. They, as like a class, the senior class, don't know that. So they're just taking it as it comes. And two, the whole point is for a story. Because if I think if it was up to just Josie, she would have been fine being in what is it the mathletes the the nineties <laughs> version of the mathletes like she the would denominators have been, yeah she would have been fine going to nanos hanging with um this... the denominator like she would have been fine she would have just like relived her high school all over again her high school ex- experience but it's her boss that's like this is so boring we need a story. So that's I disagree, where... though. I, I think she gets swept up in becoming one of the popular kids. I don't I don't think her becoming prom queen is ever part of the story because her because he pushes her towards the teacher angle. Yeah, her her being popular is her trying to right the wrong that happened to her in high school. And she's like, okay, I get the chance to go to prom again, redo everything. And I won prom queen. There's a part of her behind the story that is enjoying all of that for sure you know what story about this out of place student finding a home with the nerdy math team Mm -hmm. really growing a special connection with one specific teacher that kind of sees who this student really is but then suddenly gaining a huge amount of popularity only to betray her nerdy friends and then ultimately leading to her being prom queen i think i changed my mind i think i do love this movie 
Wait, no, sorry, I'm thinking about Mean Girls. Sorry, never mind. <laughs> you really thought she was doing something with that shit. She really you? did. He Dude, really am I wrong? Did. How similar are they? It, this is six years, seven years I know, I'm that. shitting on Mean Girls now. Why are you shitting on Mean Girls? I mean, because it's this, the, this is Mean Girls. This is Mean Girls, but I it's later. So they're taking from other movies. Like this, it, this movie. Other movies that have come afterward are obviously taking from things that happened in the 90s. Mean Girls is like, based off a book, isn't it? No. There's like slight as you like it themes, but it's, and it's not really. Very bad. slight. Very <laughs> slight. But but it's, but it's like overt. Like they talk about it in class. They go to prom as Rosalind and Orlando. Oh, this yeah. movie? This movie, yeah. Yeah, see? We, we didn't know which one you were talking about. <laughs> what do you mean? Carmela, you brought this movie no, to No, because we were talking about Mean Girls, and you he said it wasn't it based on a book. So is that's, it mean, mean Girls is based on a book, mean isn't Girls it? Mean Girls is taken from a self-help book, but mm. not based on it. Written by the screenwriters of this movie. What? That was a lie. But you believe me for a second. No, I didn't. <laughs> I have some more problems about the baseball subplot. <laughs> okay. The fact that they let this man stay on the team as an assistant coach is fucking insane. Why? Until, until, but why? Because he was dating a 16-year-old. But it's less insane when you realize that when Josie goes to give the baseball coach this deal, she walks through the boys' locker room <laughs> into the coach's office, which is attached via huge window to the boys' locker room. That's how it is. That's not, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that, how our locker that. rooms are. <laughs> what? Yeah, there's a big window. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it be. The blinds are usually drawn, but there, yeah, there was a window. Inside. There wasn't a goddamn blind in sight in this movie, but also, what? <laughs> What's your You're beef, still uh? 25, and these boys are underage. My I mean, beef she is not. She, was, she in just walked past my, him. My so beef like, is that the coach's office is attached to the locker room with a window. That's, that's my beef. We've all said that's realistic. Move on. No! <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious, Dad. Yes, that's, I mean, that's not, that's a thing. What I do mean, you mean? Wait, I think as. <laughs> I'm learning things and it's not, it's, uh, I'm learning unpleasant things right now. Sorry. You're just, you know washing up and putting on clothes you're not really thinking coach is looking at my ass yeah i don't really think that's like a bad thing i don't know what (laughs) why are you viewing this is weird i mean the coach doesn't have any ill intentions the office is just in the locker room he's writing down his i'm not talking about just the movie i'm talking about this concept as a whole but also, Lacey it's insane that he did not get arrested and was kept on as a fucking coach. They didn't have sex. Why would he get arrested? Fraud? I don't know. Identity fraud? Whatever. It's okay. So it's insane that he was kept on at this high school as an assistant but coach. But she I pulled strings. Yeah, she pulled strings. That's the... how it is. And you can't tell me that it's not. It's like... It's a, a, a her, high her school. Her strings were just for her story and her, getting five minutes on the mound. No. No, I'm pretty sure that was part of it was to get him back. In. As a coach. That was the strings as far as. That's that's heavily implied then. Cause I, that's Lacey, the only thing. Back me up, please. Her. No, that's what I assumed too. That, that was part of the deal. Yeah. 
Because we don't see what she asks of him. So we're just supposed to assume that that was part of the deal is that I'll get scouts at this and, and newspapers at this game if you give me five minutes on the dugout before the game. And and Rob as assistant. Because he's really good. Which also is insane that she was given five minutes on the mound before, like right before opening pitch. It's whatever. romantic, Josh. <laughs> what what else would God. they be doing? <laughs> It's a romantic comedy. Yeah, singing the national anthem and getting ready to play in the state championship. Everyone's into it. Yeah, they love it. Everyone, like half of the crowd is there for Josie. They're not there for the fucking game. Can you imagine if you were not there for Josie, if you had no idea, and you're like, what the fuck (laughs) is happening? Who is this lady? Josh is the guy in the stands just going... Oh, start the game. <laughs> like, have, have they sung the national anthem at this point? Did, are people just thinking she's up there, she's about to sing, and then just fully chokes and is just standing there? Well, I think, I mean, all of this is based off the article she wrote, though. So, like, it's not like it's uncommon news. Like, this is the headline front page of the, the paper. It's like, the Tribune. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everybody in Chicago, extra, extra. They've read all about it. Like easy newsies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, someone else take the floor. I gotta get a drink. He of needs water. a cool down, dude. <laughs> well, before we get into what I know you really want to get into, I just wanted to say I love Molly Shannon's part because I know you had an issue with it, but I think she's phenom. I think she's fantastic, and I I'm rescinding it a little bit. Rashawn's point does make sense. I'm willing to I'm willing to admit that that. Using her, especially at the beginning of the movie, as a contrast to show just how sort of, not prudish, just how uh, innocent Josie's character is, makes more sense. And plus, Molly Shannon has literally never missed in her life. Never. So. Okay, so Lacey, you watch this movie, I think, probably as much as I have. Mm-hmm. So this time around, as an adult, did you not find it as, I guess, like, heartwarming as the first time you watched it? Because you... We're picking it apart. Yeah, I think I was looking for I was looking for problems. I I went into it looking for uh, because I I very typically with rom coms come in just really happy and excited. So I was like, let me like look for critiques because it is an older movie and there is subject matter in it that I think needs to be talked about and needs to be picked apart. But I still, like, overall, I think it's a really (laughs) cute movie. I think it's a high school redemption story where it actually happens in high school, which we don't get to see often. A lot of those, like, returning to your hometown movies are, okay, let me show you how great I am outside of high school now. So I think it's really cool to place her back in that environment and watch her transformation in that (laughs) i have a question about the movie he took his break he's back yeah i'm back were there any lessons learned by any characters Mm. (laughs) that's what i mean that's why it feels a little dirty and like it feels like everyone gets what they want after manipulating 17 year olds i think josie has a lot of growth and a lot of 
transformation throughout the movie. I think that whole final speech at the prom where she's calling out the kids for their shitty behavior and the way that they're treating each other is her awakening of like, this is just high school. This is just a Petri dish. And not only are they letting it control their lives and how they treat other people, I'm letting it control me and how I'm treating other people. So I think there's a lot of growth in that. And I think from that moment on, you see the woman Josie Geller now. You see okay. the the writer, the editor, the, the woman who's now going to go after the thing she wants rather than being passive and nervous about it. She's going to write a whole fucking article and invite him to come kiss her for the first time. I think there's a lot of growth from her. I don't know necessarily that we see that in any other characters in the movie, but I think her arc is very fleshed out and very nice. I don't know that you need to, A, learn a lesson in a movie, but I do agree with Lacey that I think she goes through a change, which I think is the most important thing in a character arc, quote unquote. And I also don't know if any other characters need to go through any change if it's all in service of David Arquette kind of needs to, but that's just me. Well, he, I, th- <laughs> I think the thing about Rob and his storyline is that it's it's immediately called out. And there's the moment at the prom. First, there's a moment at the party where she pulls him aside and she says, like, this is wrong. This is not good. There's no character in the movie that supports what he's doing with that girl. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part at the prom when they sit at the table Ooh, and she yeah. tells she tells him that she wants him to be her mm-hmm. first. And he, I feel like at a different point, he might have said yes, which would have been totally gross and ruined the movie. But he has that moment where he says, no. Let me get you and, a drink. Yeah. He's like, let me get you a drink. And he leaves her there. And I think that, Story, their storyline and their relationship is in contrast to what Sam and Josie are going through because that is also an inappropriate relationship that we're eventually asked to root for whereas Rob and the 16 year old are a relationship that we're supposed to say no this is absolutely incorrect. I, I also think that Rob's transformation is the opposite of Josie's transformation. It's not necessarily a lesson that he's learning, but Rob very much has been like, he was the cool guy in high school and it was all or nothing for him and his mindset and his point of view. Like if I can't be pro, then I'm just going to work at the Tiki hut for the rest of my life. Like Mm -hmm. there's no point doing anything else. Like I'm not worth it. He goes back to high school. He's still cool guy Rob throughout the whole thing. But the choice and the opportunity at the end to just be the assistant coach for this high school team, I think is growth in him as a person. It's not what he wanted, but it's it's a, a branch of growth, I guess. His sort of pseudo redemption of doing the right thing is nice. But that, I think, coming to what we are inevitably going to talk about there were some inconsistencies with the morality of a lot of characters specifically sam the teacher Mm -hmm. in the same breath that he's on this romantic 
Ferris wheel ride with Josie. He's talking about how we shouldn't be doing this and how wrong this is. And I understand it. It it's supposed to imply this sort of hesitation and this the inevitability of them falling for each other, whatever, whatever. You, it's never hinted at. Maybe a little bit right away, but for the most part, it's it's implied that Sam is fully falling for this disguise. That's what you like. Rashawn said we're we're expected to root for this at the end, and I didn't want to. I think that the movie obviously because this is Drew Barrymore's first producing credit I believe for her production company and I think that the movie is aware that the relationship or the belief of what the relationship is is inappropriate and Mm -hmm. I think that it does that with Rob and his relationship And I think that the fact that no one at the newspaper and no one at the high school comments on the growing relationship between the two of them shows that the movie kind of knows that they're treading really dangerous water. Well, but John C. Riley actively encouraged it. Right. I'm saying they don't comment on the age difference. They don't comment on the fact that this guy believes that she's a 17-year-old. They just comment on the fact that we know that these are two adults and they're falling for one another. And well, they John C. Just... Riley talks about the scandal of a teacher and student and like yeah. how that would sell papers. Yeah. And I think we get the acknowledgement from Sam. And I think that's the one little, I don't want to say redemption, but what the acknowledgement, at least when they have that confrontation after the prom outside, he says, what I'm supposed to feel better now because now I'm allowed to be attracted to you. You've totally manipulated me. He acknowledges before that it was inappropriate and he knew it was wrong, but he doesn't stop. Yeah. He doesn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. There are moments where Sam seems like this morally upright, totally like, no, we can't do this. And there are other times where he, like when he's at the chalkboard and it's just them and, and again, I suppose that's kind of intentional. I feel like they tried a, a little due diligence with the first meet where he says, which is such a weird line, but I feel like it's them trying to acknowledge that maybe he he knows where he says, are you sure you're 17? Yeah, that, that one was like, mm, okay. Or like, are you, did you just like blow her cover? Is it the acting in that just one line? that I feel like it makes it seem as if he's in on it or if he knows. Cause I'm like, there's no way that there's a new student and then out of nowhere, because she knows what pastoral is that she's like, that he's like, Oh, are you really 17 and not 25? I feel like it's the line. I feel like that would have made it, it would have cleaned up the story a little bit more and it would have alleviated any of the inappropriate concerns that I think we're all addressing is if there had been more moments of doubt from Sam like if there had been more moments of like questioning or hinting that she was older throughout rather than just oh this girl listens to me and she loves literature and she's pretty and she's smart and she oh but she's 17 like I think if we had had more cracks in the armor throughout for her cover it would have made it a yeah. little easier for yeah me. she she suddenly was able to sell it so well that it got a little dirty at the end 
Also, I think the other thing that they try to do to highlight the inappropriateness is to have a 17-year-old be attracted to her. That's true. Mm. And yeah. that's something that she... I kind of forgot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so with she, Guy? With Guy. Okay. And she uses this high school kid to kind of relive a trauma that happened to her. Yeah. Not really sure if Guy's like super interested in her or... I don't know. He he just wants he's to like chasing girl. the popularity. I think. Right. He kind of sucks. But it also highlights how fickle they all are because there's that scene where they're they have to choose a new theme for prom. Yeah. And it's so just like, oh, our life is ruined. And then she comes up with the most basic you... theme in the world and they're like, oh, okay, great. Hey, <laughs> you know, prom is now a costume <laughs> contest. I don't know. The mindset of high schoolers is so... And let me also say, none of those costumes would have been approved at any high school. That's what I said. I was like, Josie's would have. Josie's would have. But the Malibu Barbie, the disco Barbie, the freaking. For a high school movie, it works. For a high school movie? Yes. But in actual high school, never. We had, our dresses had to be below our fingertips. Oh, or yeah. we would but know I mean, even the skirts you still get wear. windows in the locker room. Oh my <laughs> god! Well, like we were talking about it. I my prom theme was not costumes. Like I can't no. even no. no, no, no. It not was at like all. a night to remember. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I think that was prom, exactly ours too. <laughs> their prom theme though would have been a pretty sick, just like regular dance. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's a cool. cool concept. Right. Yeah. What's the denominators? What's that? All these. Char- all these. She also, kind of like Janice was, like, in that, yes, she got betrayed, and yes, she was bullied first. Them going in there and disrupting the prom for every student wasn't cool. What, as DNA? Double helix? Like, and I get it, it's a joke, and they went up to the popular girls and left, whatever. But to me, the movie implied that they're disrupting the whole prom, and it's like, hey, only, like, five people were mean to you. Can you no, not? But, but they were trying to not even ad- admit them to the prom. Like, they didn't want to yeah. sell them tickets. I don't remember that. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but again, okay, so is that the fault of the 95 per- other percent of the student body that are just having, trying to have a nice prom? I don't think that they were disrupting the prom. I think they were literally just coming in, and it's like a eight people in the same costume, so you're going to look. Because they didn't walk up to them. They, That's true. She stopped them when they were walking. She was like, what are you guys doing here? Because they walked up to their like, table, oh my, didn't she they? She was like, oh my God, they're not going to ruin our prom. And right. They, and she stands up and she's like, what are you guys doing here? All this is not entirely innocent. That's all I'm saying. I did like she, did, that. Did she, I like that she's, a, she's a, a nerd and she's picked on, but she has a backbone and she's... She, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, she I side with her. Herself. They the, the popular side took it too far. I mean, but. she's honestly out of, you know, the whole movie from from high school. She's the only person who really knows who she is and mm-hmm. doesn't give a fuck about it. Mm-hmm. Also, this fucking school administration. How are you going to allow <laughs> eight students to put an entire fucking car in the middle of a field when there's, I think, cross country practice currently happening, and, and you're band. just gonna just and the band take and, it, Josh. and marching band rehearsal? Oh Call the police. What? What is that? Ha- what? 
Stealing a car! <laughs> they didn't steal it. They just moved it. I would have been What? So they did that to all the new kids on they the first do it day. All the Rashawn, time. I didn't steal your credit card. I just moved it to my wallet. <laughs> well, bitch, did you swipe it? If not, I'm okay. <laughs> what are they? Are, is it only stealing a car if you actively drive it? Well, it's not like they took it and she never got it back. She was also, like, oh, they. Whatever. Also, she. <laughs> parked it she had the keys so they either broke in and flipped it to neutral or there was enough of these psychotic teenagers that they were able to pick up a car and move it i imagine they hotwired it they, they hot so they broke in so that's illegal call oh the my god <laughs> what else what else i know i'm like before we we play any type of games i want to get it all Ouch. How how badly did you dislike this movie, Josh? Right. Give it a scale. Give it a... Yeah. I'm trying to think in... Because there are movies I actively dislike. And I don't know if I'm going to go so far. Truly, because Drew Barrymore is that good. I Every second she's on, I fully enjoy Drew Bar- Barrymore in this. Like, she saved it for me. Right. This is a movie that I will never watch again on my own free will. <laughs> oh, so Lacey bad. is your wife. You will be watching it again. I will, we no, have more than one room in our apartment. I will be uh, watching it, and he'll walk in and out of the room as it's on. That's the and, only extent. Yeah, like, they've go. been married already, and he's never watched Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, so, it might be the least favorite movie we've done on the show. Oh! <gasps> <gasps> Dang. That's a it, big statement. That is what, a big why? statement. That's Wait, a big statement. why is that big? All of our shows have been favorite movies of ours. It's not like we've done a fucking bad movie on the show. I know, it's just an extreme, like, I out was, of the 21 movies we've done. Yeah, it might be my least favorite of these 21. Is that, okay. hello? That's not that insane. Yeah, wait, it, it's not Bride of Chucky. I know, and it wasn't the notebook. I'm actually uh, okay, Lacey. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> I can look. I can respect the notebook for what it is. I have my problems with the notebook. Drink. I can respect it for what it is. The difference, the difference with Never Been Kissed and Bride of Chucky is that there Bride is of Chucky a Chucky t- is amazing. That, thank no, you. it's not. Okay, there, thank you. I don't like that Rashawn <laughs> is editing this episode, so I don't know what's going to be kept in. This but... won't be heard at all. Don't keep going. <laughs> that. Bride of Chucky, there is a time of year where, like, around Halloween, especially back when you could gather, if there's a big, like, a big Halloween party and everyone's drinking and whatever, it's kind of fun to have on. It's a fun Halloween movie. There is no time of year where I feel like I want to watch this movie. I would give it a five out of ten. Damn. Wow. You know what? Because watching this, it had been a few years since I've seen it. And I started quoting it halfway through, and Carmela was like, what the hell? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, the two moments that just solidify why this movie exists are the flashback to the night of the prom. Mm. Her acting on the porch is just so... Like, that's something only Drew Barrymore can do. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. it's She's incredible. It's heartbreaking. It's so It's so sad. And then the end of the movie which is just such a rom-com moment that I love. And I know that, you know, he thought she was 17 and it's skeevy, but when he's, you know, jogging down them Aww. stairs, I'm Sorry just like, I'm late. yeah. And then she says, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. We don't have those movies anymore. And it's like, Here, 
Hold we on. don't I have. A have... <laughs> well, <I'm... laughs> I mean, we have movies like, but I feel like rom coms like that are not being made in that way anymore. Where it's just like, yeah, this is kind of iffy, but it's, it's worth the wait. You know, syrup. Like... It's just syrupy as fuck. Right. I buy all of it. I have a question then for you rom com watchers. So an okay action movie can be elevated with really good stunt choreography or fight scenes or action scenes. Is there an equivalent with rom-coms? Like if a rom-com has like some solid one-liners, like like the end there, does mm-hmm. that elevate it as a whole? I would say if it has like the comedic aspect of it is like on point. If it has a like a funny, like a good funny sidekick. Yeah, or just like the lines, like the one-liners, and you you go back and you watch it, and you're just like, I can quote this whole movie, and it's okay. It's like how you feel about "I Love You, Man." You can quote right. the whole damn movie. Maybe it's not the best movie in the whole world, but you love watching. But it, it lives in my head, rent free. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For okay. me, it's gotta be the chemistry between the two leads. Ooh, that's a good one. That can sell the weakest of rom-coms for me. That Ferris wheel scene is so not right. Like, it should not be happening, but yeah. it's so sweet. And they Why did no one so at the school well. flag that? Hey, that's not... Hmm. Because it Whatever. needed to happen in a suite! <laughs> for me, what makes uh, a rom-com, like, hit and work every time for me is that dark night of the soul moment. Like I have to fully believe that these characters might not get together, that they, Mm. that the other person might not show up, that this might actually be the end and they're not going to have that moment. I have to believe that for the big romantic gesture to really pay off, pay off. For me, That's yeah. So interesting you say that because I I usually never believe that moment. Really? Yeah, I I'm a sucker for a movie that starts. You meet him, you meet her, or you meet him and you meet him or yes. her and her. Come yes, on, Rashawn. Whale, um, or or them and them, but you meet them instantly and you know for you know immediately that the movie's gonna end with them together. And that to me is a great rom com because even during that dark night of the soul, you're like, yeah, I know. Why you this keep has- talking about Batman? <laughs> Stop it! I usually know. Okay, this has to happen, and they have to, you know, meet at the Space Needle, and you just know that that moment is coming. So it's interesting to hear you say that because I never, there's never a moment where I'm like, oh, they're never gonna get together. It's it's. It's the end. So for you, it's Rashawn for the journey, knowing that they are going to end up together. No, for me, it's the chemistry. Okay, got it. You could do, if you have two characters who are just, who just make it work, like they have an instant spark. I don't care what you do for the next hour and a half to two hours. I'm I'm there. Mm -hmm. Y'all want to play a game? Yes. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I despise guessing games. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Riddle me that. All right, so in the the fashion, the theme of the show, we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. So for the listeners, 
we all have chosen to choose an ally and it was a little hard because we've known each other forever you guys are married we're practically married um, <laughs> common law shit <laughs> and so we i had to reach to the back of my mind to find stuff that you guys probably won't know but uh the little cinephile twist the lie is not exactly a plot of a movie but it is a part of a movie that you've probably seen before let's start with lacy oh okay i'm gonna go first yay Woo! okay <laughs> In high school, whenever I skipped class, I never did anything cool. I would just sneak down into the drama room, dressing room, and sit in there by myself when I skipped a class. In eighth grade, during my eighth grade promotion, while I was giving a speech, my dad got up on stage and professed his love for my mom. And when I was in elementary school, I stole a Disney figurine from the Disney store, but felt so guilty about it, I took it back 10 minutes later. <laughs> These are so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> um, I think number two is a lie from Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, I, I, I was in a guest number two as well. I just didn't have the movie yet. And I think this was something then there to throw me off, knowing Lacey's dad and his love for Lacey's mom. But I think given what you've told us about like on the Mean Girls episode about your love for your drama department. But also, there is a movie that you watch a lot where the kid goes into the dressing room and like hangs out among the costumes. And you know which one I'm talking about and I can't remember which one it is. But I'm getting mm. bonus points for remembering this movie. Not if you don't know the title, bitch. Hey, can you chill out? This is between us. Sorry. So I am going, because Rashawn's already got the double points locked. I'm going to take a, a leap and say the dressing room one. Lacey? R- Rashawn got it. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so good. What? Lacey, what movie am I thinking of? I, I have no idea what you're There's talking like, about. No. <laughs> I don't know Who's next? Rashawn, you go next. Okay. So, number one. I flew on my own when I was eight years old. I made a friend with the flight attendant, and I got my first pair of wings. Number two, when we first moved to Alexandria, Virginia, my dad was a coach for the high school football team. And number three, I was dumped on Valentine's Day in middle school. These are kind of hard. These are hard. I'm going to eliminate three because it's totally plausible for you. So... Ah! Joshua. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, the 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 detail of getting your wings on the first one is interesting. I know what your dad does. I don't remember what your mother does or did and why it would mean you would fly alone. But I also know you were born in Greece, so you if you had or have family there, you might be flying solo because of that. The football coach thing is interesting because that also could be from a movie. Lacey? I have my I have my guess. Go ahead. But I wanna guess the movie too. Yeah, go for it. I don't I don't know. So I'm gonna guess two. number one and it's home alone. I'm gonna guess number two and it's let's not remember the Titans because that was Texas. I'm gonna guess number two and wait, it's wait, remember wait. the Titans. Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. I'm gonna go with uh the football coach and remember the Titans. 
I'm 90% sure I remember the Titans as Texas, so don't be mad at me. It is, but I think he might have changed it so we could believe it, you know? Okay. Rochelle? T.C. Williams is in Alexandria, Virginia, which is where I remember the Titans as well. No! Let's go! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, I remember the Titans is in Virginia. Mm, what wow. am I thinking of then? Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, thank you. I thought it was Texas too, just football. All right, Josh. Yo, your dad is Denzel. Oh, no, that was the lie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> My Mine have a theme. I call this high school near misses. One, I was about 30 seconds away from drowning in a small quarry. Number two, I was very close to getting arrested all because of five gum. And number three, at the first party i ever went to in high school which is like at for high school graduation at the end of my senior year i was chased by and successfully evaded the cops on foot i'm gonna say number one but i can't tell you what movie because i feel like people just be drowning in quarries in movies (laughs) (laughs) motherfuckers just be drowning like walk to remember he almost drowns in a quarry and I know you wouldn't choose that movie. Or would I to play the game? Oof. Oh, your <laughs> audience. <laughs> Little woman. Beth almost drowned in a frozen lake. Oh, I don't know. Did. I'm going to go with number one, though. I just don't know the movie. I am going to say number three from Superbad. But I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Lace? I was also going to guess Superbad. But for number two. I did almost drown in a quarry f- filming a an English video. Uh, shouts out to Taylor who almost got me arrested for drunk driving because the cops thought I was drinking because he was chewing five gum in the back seat. Oh. Hey, don't be putting his government out here. He, no, he didn't get... I almost got arrested. He was fine. He <laughs> thought we were having... you, Taylor. <laughs> no, he thought we were having fruity drinks and then Taylor's like, mm, it's actually five gum and almost got me arrested for drunk driving. Number three is from Superbad. Oh, He's he's the fastest kid alive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first one. I choked on a Mentos and got the Heimlich in the middle of a Walmart. (laughs) Two. (laughs) At a summer camp, I had a friend pierce my ear with only a needle and a lemon. Number three. I went to church with a friend and got saved without realizing it, and I didn't want to politely decline, so I went through with it. <laughs> um, two sounds familiar. The lemon, the specificity of the lemon rings a bell. Now, that could be from a movie, or that could be preteens emulating something from a movie, too. Right. Lacey, I'm looking at you for this one. <laughs> what? Is that from a movie? That sounds like a movie you would have watched. Well, it's from a lot of movies, but it's usually an ice cube. That's why the lemon is like really oh. throwing me off. God, I hope on God that number one is true. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm going to say two because I want the other ones to be true that badly. Oh, I just don't know. These are good ones. <laughs> I'm going to go with number one, but I don't know what movie. The Mentos? Yeah. Number two is from The Parent Trap. Ding, ding, ding. You're Damn, Rochelle's good no, at no, this. No, no, no. She uses an ice cube in the parent trap. She uses an ice cube and then like she puts it through the back. It's and it's lemon. like a lemon. God yeah. damn it. 
She sticks it through a limit. I'm really mad. <laughs> I for sure. I counted you on were, you. I, I thought, Lacey, sure. you had it like immediately. Like I literally almost didn't use it because I was like, Lacey's gonna know too soon. I was like, that's a little too obvious. Yeah. I'm so angry. <laughs> can we? I'm can so we... mad right now. Oh, thanks for playing, y'all. That was that was it fun. Was, it was fun. It was hard to like find things that I didn't think you guys would know, but. That worked out perfectly. Rashawn's too good at that, dude. Rashawn won. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He got all the movies. Congratulations, Rashawn. Good job, Whatever. Rashawn. Whatever, dude. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so, wrapping things up. So, with Never Been Kissed, it's Joshua's first time watching it and apparently last time. Last. Yeah. Um, I guess there needs to be like better baseball tips in um, movies. Or just like, just get like a whatever. Just, Go watch so, Moneyball, Josh. Right. Say less later, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it, this movie had some questionable plots, we still love Drew Barrymore, and we mm-hmm. love that this is a movie in the ether. She's so sweet, and this role is. A classic. It is a classic. Not kind of. It is a classic. And I'm so happy you watched it, Josh. And I'm so happy I was the one to make you do it. Yeah, thanks, Mella. It was fun for me. (laughs) So let's play a little Six Degrees of Separation. We end each episode with a quick round of Six Degrees of Separation. So who can find the fastest connection between Molly Shannon and the star of next week's episode, Bill Murray? Oh, yeah. You thought we were done talking about Bill Murray? <laughs> I knew we weren't. No, sir. No, sir. I knew we weren't. I know this is going to break your heart, Josh, but my my Bill Murray filmography is, like, real low. <laughs> so this is That's right. really challenging. Garfield. Uh, Garfield 2. Uh, oh, Oh, I got it. No! You son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. What is it? So, Molly Shannon was in Other People with Jesse Plunks. Uh. Oh, dip. Yes. Good call. Who was in Game Night with Rachel McAdams. Come on. Who was in Aloha with Phil Murray. Let's go. Nice, Rashawn. All right, guys. That is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we love you. You took a moment and rated us on iTunes. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cinephile Attack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Mella, Josh, Lacey, and Rashawn. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. See you later, Bye. alligator. <laughs> <laughs>